Soul Fam. Welcome back to another episode of The Spiritual Gaze. I'm one of your hosts, Brandon. I'm your other host, Angel. And this is our twice-monthly podcast dedicated to exploring the wide reaches of spirituality without pretending that it all makes sense. Newsflash, because it doesn't. Newsflash, nothing makes sense. Newsflash. Up is down. <laughs> Wrong is right. Inside is outside. Selena Gomez has a new album coming out soon. What? She does? Yeah. Wow. It's all Spanish language, I believe. Oh my God, amazing. I know. I'm excited for it. Yeah, I'm excited for that too. Who are you? <laughs> Besides a Selena Gomez fan. I am a Selena Gomez fan. I will admit it. Me too. Um, I am Angel Lopez. Hello. I am a creative spirit. Yes, you are. I love chips and guacamole. Yes, you do. I am a Aries, a writer a film producer, an astrologer extraordinaire, a teacher, a healer, and a queeler. Hey, queeler. That's me. Who are you? I am also a Selena Gomez fan. I love chips and guacamole, but not to the same degree that you do. Um, I really love rose tea. (laughs) These are the things we say when we're testing the sound (laughs) and the mics before we come on the air. And when Angel said that just a few minutes ago, it really cracked me up. Uh, I am a queeler. I am a tarot reader and an astrologer, a teacher and a writer and a performer and a homo owner. We both are. I thought you were going to say, and a homo. Oh, I'm also a homo. But we're homo owners. We are homo owners. Which is a whole, Hello. A whole journey. It's a whole learning curve. It is. There's nobody that can fix your problems but you. It's a path. It is a path. <laughs> oh, okay. Because you don't like you don't like when somebody uses no. the word journey. We've been talking about um, our old, our friend Russell Brown, who was on the show. If you ever listened to our, um, I believe it was called the Medicine of Russell Brown. It's a yeah. great, great conversation, and he's amazing. Yeah, and he, he really is. is um, an acupuncturist here in LA, and has a fantastic Instagram called Poke Acupuncture, which is also the name of his practice. Um, and he's had this great animated trash can character and has been like having conversations about just different words that get used a lot in the wellness community. And um, he did a whole thing on the word journey and just how it's like been overused. And he's like, it's not a journey, you know? <laughs> um, so we've been talking, I've, I've been saying that a lot to Brandon, like trying to like eliminate the word journey. Cause I realized I was like, God, I do overuse that way too much. So now I've moved on to path. Totally, which solves the problem entirely. It's a whole path. It's a path. Yeah. You know, my path here to this moment in time. Yeah. It's been a long winding road. Well, we've had a lot of lessons already on this path of homo ownership. Yeah, we have. Like we had the great gnat infestation of last Thursday. Oh, please don't go on anymore about it. But then we also had the really interesting lesson of the dishwasher. Oh, that was a nice one. <laughs> right? We could not get the dishwasher to work. Oh, my God. And it's a brand new dishwasher. So, yeah. like, it should work. But we would close it, and we would push the start button, and then it would do these, like, three really cute and also really patronizing little beeps. Like, yeah. girl, I'm not going to run for you. No, it'd be like... You did it wrong. Yeah, exactly. And we were like, what is going on? This yeah. is a brand new dishwasher. Like, we just need our dishes washed. Not like that. 
Those we the were beats. closing the door too hard. Yeah. So in like a fit of desperation, I crouched down and I put my hand on the dishwasher and I literally was like, spirit of the dishwasher, you are a valued member of this household. We need you. Please let us know how to work with you so that you can do your job. Right? Yeah. I know. This is my life. This is how I live my life. <laughs> and I just ever so gently shut the door and all of a sudden it started working. It went and there we go. And ever you since then, so the lesson on the path of homeownership is sometimes the soft touch does what the hard touch can't. Totally. Because we were like trying to jam that door closed. Yeah. It wasn't working. You save the hard touch for when you're killing gnats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's no. true. I mean, to be fair, like we are not a bug killing household. Like no. if we find a spider in the house, it gets put into a glass, it gets blessed, it gets taken outside. It's like to ridiculous degrees at this point. But the gnats, no ma'am. Mm, all bets were off. I mean, there were thousands of them swarming every window, every door. And then they got in to the primary bedroom where luckily we're not sleeping yet because we don't have a bed. But we just, there's poor Angel. It's like 1145 at night. We've just come from his parents' house to celebrate his mom's birthday a couple days after his dad's passing. And he is killing gnats with his bare hands on the ceiling of our new house's ceiling. It was just, it was a rough night. It was a tale from the crypt. But ever since then, you know, we called the Orkin Man and he did something magical <laughs> on the outside of the house. And by magical, I mean chemical. And it's done a job organic well it is organic yeah but still <laughs> we chose that path of we course. did we did choose that path that was our path that path inside the path that was quite the digression well you know there's lessons everywhere there are you're right and interesting to consider the spiritual nature of dealing with the dishwasher um which can also feel on some level like insanity which is going to be the to somewhat the topic of our deep dive today which is all about neptune which sometimes can feel like spirit and sometimes can feel like crazy yeah totally which we're very excited to dig into today yeah it's been a minute since a i think we've just like had an episode with the two of us yeah. so we're really grateful to just like be here with each other and all of you i know but it's also been a minute i think since we've done an astrology episode yeah maybe since the nodes well we did a lot about around the astrology of the beginning of the year totally so we did but we've been having some conversations with some folks which we've loved and we really want to have many more conversations with people this year we're not entirely doing what we've done in the past which was kind of like going back and forth between one episode with us one episode with a spirit talk we're just kind of it's giving a grab you bag. what it come what wants to come yeah we're trying to just trust the flow of it all yes should we check in yeah check in you go first girl oh fun thank you the moon's in cancer the moon is in cancer which is your moon it is maybe i just like so sleepy today um but that's kind of always these days uh i mean i i actually want to start my check-in off by giving like a really large thank you to everybody who listens and uh, took the time to reach out and send their their thoughts their condolences their wishes um, around my dad's passing I was so touched so moved I'm sorry if I didn't um, respond to all of you but yeah it's been a little it's been like two and a half weeks no not even I think it's been like two weeks since my dad passed away um, 
which is weird. And, you know, it's like a whole kind of it's a strange situation, you know, um, regardless of the relationship you have with your parent. It's always um, and what time in your life it happens. It's just a weird situation. <laughs> I can't really say it anymore um, or in any other way than that. Um, but I have been, you know, really doing my best to just stay present to it all stay available to whatever emotions want to come up whatever thoughts whatever feelings I've definitely had some like ugly you know quote-unquote ugly thoughts and ugly feelings show up but I've just like also honored those and not tried to suppress anything um shout outs to my amazing therapist but also shout outs to you my husband because you have been like so wonderful and just like giving me space and and really kind of supporting me to like say the things, feel the things um, that I need to. And also just like my little community of friends has been really wonderful too. I will say it's been really nice to get back into some of our spiritual gaze business. Connecting with folks for chart readings has been amazing and really healing. Um, and certainly our community offerings that we do, uh, our Astro Club and Breathwork, it's just always so nice to commune with folks who are being vulnerable as fuck and who are all showing up and going through their own messy emotional business. They're on their own path. They're on their own path. And we're but we're but we're also walking a path together. Yeah. So I am feeling strangely free and vulnerable in a new kind of way that kind of gives no fucks. So we'll see what comes from that. That's exciting. I'm into that. <laughs> I'm into a vulnerability that gives no fucks. Well, here we are, 2021. How are you? I'm well. You did me such a favor yesterday, and you just like <laughs> let yeah. me take the day off. And I really needed it. Like I didn't even know how badly I needed it because it has been nonstop for weeks, mm -hmm. months even. Yeah. And yesterday I slept in, I put my phone in a drawer, I did restorative yoga in the backyard on the grass, I took a nap, I took a long walk with the dog, I just like did the things that help to replenish my energy levels, which have been very low. And I think I said to you last night when I got into bed, I was like, oh my goddess, this is like the first night since I can remember where I'm not getting into bed exhausted. Right. Yeah. Because I've kind of been hitting the pillow every night for weeks now, just like on empty. So I woke up this morning earlier than usual, feeling like happy to be awake. And that just feels really nice because oh, there's a lot that wants to come through and there's a lot that wants to be attended to. And I want to be able to encounter all of it from a place of excitement and presence and not from a place of like, Oh fuck. Like what else is on the to-do list? It's amazing that just like one day of nothing can really do a lot. And I'm really going to try to reinstitute my Sabbath for goddesses sakes. Oh, right. Your Sabbath. My Sunday Sabbaths mm -hmm. just to continue to put a phone in a drawer and not have to do anything or be on anyone else's schedule. It's, pretty amazing what that can do yeah and how time can really stretch out like without technology keeping track of time days can feel much longer whereas if like you're always checking your phone and noticing what time it is and it's like time just disappears into the void 
Mm-hmm. So yesterday felt like really long and juicy because I was just in my body and in my heart. And it was very Pisces season. Like I'm very much yearning for silence and long periods of connection and dissolving the boundaries between me and the atmosphere and takes time to get into those kind of juicy, deeper meditative spaces. Yeah, for sure. So I'm seeking all of that out. Well, good. That's awesome. I'm really glad you did that. Me too. Me too. Also just like learning this land here and learning like my places outside and it's so exciting and it's like there's this whole new person which is like the spirit of this house you know that we're engaging with and it's not just one there's like a lot of spirits like even Mm -hmm. last night when both of our phones buzzed at the same time and we're both just like the bobcat (laughs) right because we have these like ring motion detector cameras and so like if our phones buzz at the same time it's probably the camera sensor saying like there's motion and at 11 o'clock at night there's only one real answer for that and there was that bobcat prancing by i am obsessed with that bobcat <laughs> i'm so jealous that you've gotten to see it with your naked eyes i've only seen it through the camera yeah. footage well there's two though so we don't know which one is which or maybe there's even more it's hard to tell i know well i'm sure you'll see it in person no i know soon when the time is right yeah can't force the magic <laughs> No. but there can't. was an owl there was an owl on friday that came and literally landed at dusk right on the electrical pole in the backyard, which felt like very intentional. And the hawk in the tree the other day. And then the hawk in the tree yesterday. And all of the lizards. I mean, it's and the wild peacocks. It's a zoo, you guys. We bought a zoo. We live in a damn (laughs) wildlife preserve. So good. Oh my God. A very specific kind of zoo. So that's my check-in. Gorgeous. I mean, you know me. I could talk about myself forever, so I'll rein it in. (laughs) Well, we are going to give you all a little bit of a segment before we dive into our greater conversation about Neptune. Our little astrology lesson. Yeah. So shall we just go there right now? Yeah. All right. Let's offer the gazers all a little cosmic update. So it's officially Pisces season. Oh, so nice. Feels so nice. It's very languid. It is. I'm languishing in the languidness. Are you? Yeah. I feel a little lost in the languid. Language. <laughs> Look, I can't even speak. My words are lost. My tongue is lost in my mouth. There, it's back on path now. I can speak. Yeah, no, that's an interesting. I was giving a reading today and somebody said they were feeling very lost. Oh, and yeah. I said to them what my therapist always says to me when I say I'm feeling lost, which is, well, that's great. <laughs> and that's actually not very that. helpful in the moment. But, but it's but I get it. I know. He's so great that way. And he's like, because when you're lost, it means that you're going to get to be found again. Right. You know, it's such a great moment when you are in between identities, in between safe havens. And Pisces season is a great time to get fucking lost AF. Totally. And then you'll you'll get found again. Yeah. Well, and there's so much Aquarius going on that it is, even if it is like getting lost, you're sort of getting lost in, I think, coming to terms with some greater aspect of your identity, right? 
like how you fit into the collective, you know, what role you want to play. Yeah. And how the collective fits into you too. Mm-hmm. Meaning like understanding the role that the greater unconscious has played in your own development. Mm, that's cool. I like that. Right. Because we affect the world, but we can't forget how the world affects us, especially in these like hidden, sometimes insidious ways. Yeah. And when we can become more clear about how we've been affected positively or negatively, we can kind of reclaim aspects of ourselves. Yeah. And start to integrate them back into how we present to the world and, and what we want to do with this time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and really tap into like what our most unique gifts are and how to use them, how to own them. Even just, I feel like this Aquarius season, I've like even shifted even more into owning myself as an astrologer. Oh, that's good. You know, like, all right. Like I kind of have this like, invisible cloak you know that like i get to wear all the time because i am on some level like a magician and i can never forget that i should never forget that while i'm moving through this life yeah or hide it just because it makes certain people uncomfortable yeah or because it ever makes me uh, my own self uncomfortable i think we have to stop catering to people's discomfort Mm -hmm. you know true that i think a lot of us that inhabit spiritual queer spaces have done a lot of diminishing of our humanity because we haven't wanted to make other people uncomfortable. And I think it's just time to stop that bullshit. Yeah. Cause we're just enabling, you know? Totally. So it's like, everybody needs to get over it. Yeah. Well, and thankfully Mercury station direct on the 20th. So just a couple of days ago when we're recording this, but yeah, that was a rough um, one. <laughs> yeah. There was a lot going on and we're still in the shadow phase and will be till the middle of March. We are going to have to, approach some of the words ideas thoughts conversations that have come up over the last few weeks and hopefully bring this more grounded authentic nature to it well i think it is grounded on some i was going to actually like correct myself and be like well i don't know if grounded is the right word but i actually think it is because we also have to remember the taurus influence that's coming into all this that is you know uranus in taurus and we also just had the big Uranus, Saturn, Square, the first of three this year, which I sure as hell felt. Um, it was terrible. <laughs> you just experienced it as terrible? I just really didn't like it. Why? It felt like overwhelm. It just felt like overwhelm to me. That's all. Well, it, you know, <laughs> it felt like, wha- I literally felt like whack-a-mole with limited resources. Totally. Well, just the phrase, shock to the system i was like oh that is so uranus and saturn like sh- a shock uranus to the system saturn oh i love that totally right? yeah that's how really how i experienced it it was like a bit of a shock to the system like oh okay yeah i gotta readjust and if we look at aquarius which rules the nervous system mm-hmm. I think for me, that was really what I was feeling. Oh my God, yeah. And I was speaking with a gazer who lives in Austin and she was talking about her horrific experience with all of that weather and not having power. And she said, like, my nervous system really needs healing right now. I bet. So I think that's a really interesting insight for everybody, which is to tend to your nervous system after all of the shocks and the continual shock waves, you know? Totally. That have just been we've been besieged by yeah for months now for a year well sending our um collective well thoughts to those 
who I know I've been dealing to all of our Texas gazers yeah. and anyone else, anyone in the South, in the South who's struggling. Affected. Um, but yeah, I do think that this Mercury stationing direct can help us to gain some clarity, at least around what is left from the aftermath of that shock. How do I take all of the challenges that arose in me, the weird experiences, the strange occurrences, the conversations I wasn't expecting, and how do I move forward in a way that helps integrate the lessons that were attained, the realizations, the truths, finding acceptance even on how to move forward in some ways. Yeah, I think that's beautiful. And I think that we want to remember that Mercury loves to be an Aquarius Mm -hmm. and that Mercury is kind of, he's like a wisdom carrier in Aquarius. Mm, I like that. And that each and every one of us, based on our experiences and based on what happened in that Saturn Uranus square moment, are now starting to kind of sift through our own ideas to distill our own personal wisdom. Right. And then once Mercury clears the shadow, March 12th, 13th, you've kind of got the wisdom. You've got that little nugget or maybe a couple, and you're able to use that to kind of carry you forwards. Yeah. Just how to use it all. Yeah. So like, what have you been learning? For myself? Yeah. Like what are one, two, or even three little pieces of wisdom that you have learned in the last couple of weeks? Well, I have learned to not force myself to play a role that doesn't feel authentic to me while still showing up in a group or community space, you know, like obviously I'm talking about like my family, Yeah, you know, showing up for my family without having to like force myself to do or be anything that is outside of my true nature. Beautiful. I mean, that's powerful right there. Yeah. Whereas I think in the past, I probably would have forced myself to be the be version of way. yourself you thought they need you to be. Yeah. And then like resent them for it afterwards. Or, yeah. Or resent myself for forcing, you know, pushing myself beyond my boundaries, Ooh, beyond yeah. like, beyond, yeah, my space. So I would just encourage everybody to take a moment and kind of sit in that. Cause I bet, if you create a little space, there is some profound wisdom that has shown up in your own life that wants to be acknowledged and then kind mm-hmm. of used as a as a guideline to take you forwards totally. on your path. On your path. While you're on your path, everyone. Um, do you have a lesson? Well, the dishwasher. <laughs> the soft touch, you know. All right, anything else in this cosmic update? Well, I do think it's worth mentioning that on February 27th, Jeez. we have the Virgo full moon. Oh, yeah. Um, so it's February 27th, 26th, depending on where you are, because it yeah. happens. At like 1230 mm. in the morning. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think it's probably the 26th. It's like basically places. Friday night. <laughs> right. But um, technically Saturday morning. Yes. But it will be at eight degrees of Pisces and Virgo in that polarity. Uh, So for anyone who has anything around there, uh, you'll, you know, full moons are obviously times of releasing, right? And around emotion, internal self, internal ways of being. It has a, um, a nice little sextile to Uranus 
in Taurus, which has been active and was really activated in that whole square we were just talking about. So, I mean, interesting that they're connected, right? That if there has been anything that's was stirred up in you around that square, that this is an opportunity to, you know, give it some tending and really some nurturing and, and releasing around it. Yeah. Well, that's interesting, right? So the sun in Pisces sextiles Uranus mm-hmm. and the moon in Virgo trines it, right? Yeah. So to me, that's just kind of like more integration and illumination of whatever those themes were. Yeah. And also releasing whatever is preventing you from kind of going with that Uranian flow. Mm-hmm. Like releasing the stories and the ideas and the like, it wasn't supposed to go this way. Right. Well, girl, it's going this way. Yeah. And the structure that was in place needs to have the cracks in it because you have to be able to see what's underneath to see what's not working. Um, And, you know, I know we've been dealing with a lot of like structural changes. You know, we talked a lot about that while Saturn um, and all of last year, but we're still continuing on that conversation. Um, You know, we're we're still having to um, build the new yeah, it's really interesting, right? Because Capricorn is like the foundations and the structures that we build collectively. Mm-hmm. It's the last earth sign of the Zodiac, whereas Taurus is the first earth sign of the Zodiac. It's like literally the foundations under our feet. Right. It's like what we inherited. It's like what was here before we showed up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I think it is really interesting to explore those foundations as well. Yeah, and Mercury and Jupiter will be in an slight conjunction they'll be three degrees apart from each other in Aquarius um which I think is really nice you know because it can allow for a sense of looking forward a sense of optimism a sense of all right knowing what I know now and what I've experienced what can I do different better for myself moving forward yeah it actually reminds me of a journey I took a literal journey not a journey journey (laughs) a journey i took to understand the true nature of i believe it was the aquarius full moon of Mm -hmm. 2019 Mm -hmm. and i had an encounter with an energy that was talking to me about how we build things with our words we build things in our minds like that's where the future begins and that's kind of stirred up for me with this idea of mercury and jupiter like conjunct in this full moon chart because i think we have to start talking with each other about what we want. Oh my God, yeah. As opposed to just talking about what isn't working and what's broken down. We need to talk about where we want to go, what we want the future to feel like and look like and be, because that's what we're building. Yeah. And so I think to empower optimistic words feels like a really great spell to cast. I love that. And Virgo is quite precise, y'all. So like you want (laughs) to choose those words very carefully. Yes be a pony gay a pony gay (laughs) so i don't want to go down that road yeah Uh, choose those words carefully um (laughs) how does pony gay even factor into that just upright a pony gay's upright yeah that's that pony gay yeah pony gay is pretty upright and aware and like paying attention totally you know what's over there what's happening where do i need to go i love a pony gay (laughs) i miss pony gays (laughs) Should we leave this part in? We're leaving this part in. Uh, Pony gay for anyone who's referencing. You know, there's like 
otters and cubs and i went through this whole period where i had coined pony gay just like for those of you who are gay may just like have an immediate you're like oh i'm a pony gay (laughs) you know the gays that prance pony gays yeah they're just like you know upright what's happening where are we going what are we doing shoulders shaking their heads like with a mane totally ready to go oh my gosh (laughs) they're wearing a wig even when they're not wearing a wig pony um but anyhow we we digress digress. (laughs) pisces season well and also venus will just be moving into pisces beginning to really uh you know shift us even further into those dreamy dreamy waters mystical boundaryless waters so you know be aware of that in your relationships because that's what venus rules and she can sometimes blur the boundaries well yeah but let's remember Every planet in Pisces is answering to Saturn. Yes. Because the traditional ruler of Pisces is Jupiter, and Jupiter's an Aquarius, mm-hmm. and Saturn's an Aquarius. And so Aquarius's ruler is Saturn. So pretty much any planet that's moving into Pisces is still answering to Big Daddy Saturn and Aquarius. So I think it's actually really good because you can let yourself go, but you know maybe that like you have your grounding cord. Or I think of like the kids at like amusement parks that had like those bracelets, like those little leashes. Yeah. And so like the kid can like go, but then like oh, yeah, can yeah, be yeah. retracted back. Yeah. There's still something there connecting you. Yeah. Um, is it crazy that I have like this like visceral reaction to when people talk about everything answering to Saturn? Is that just my own Saturn thing? Or is it just me wanting to be a little rebellious and wanting to like, work more with the modern rulers you just want to be like no everything's answering to uranus well i want to be like yeah no i'm like no she's answering to neptune you know what it is i just love that neptune is in pisces right now and i love the idea of what that means and if that means that neptune's actually really answering to saturn it just throws off my whole just my whole vibe with it i think both can be true that's fair and i think that is the invitation of right now with uranus and saturn kind of battling to be the ruler of aquarius Mm -hmm. the traditional or the contemporary i think it can also be that neptune is the ruler of pisces and jupiter is right and so i think it's actually a pretty good segue no exactly into where we're about to go neptune its props but before we head in there i would just say we've been talking this whole year well and last year frankly Everyone's having a spiritual awakening. Whether or not you know that's what's happening, that's up to you. And it might be showing up as delusion or insanity, but that's really what's happening. Right. And so I totally agree that a lot of those planets might also be answering to Neptune too, because that's Neptune's jam, you know, is yeah. to give everybody the deepest, most sparkling trip of their <laughs> lives. Right. So let's take that trip. Into this episode's deep dive. So we're going to talk about Neptune. And it makes sense to sing it all because Neptune is the ruler of music and magic.
And I feel like I'm in a dinner theater production of The Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I I feel like I'm watching a dinner theater production of Phantom of the Opera. Where's my spaghetti bolognese? Darkness. I actually don't really know Phantom of the Opera. Oh. I never saw it. Oh, so good. I was the only kid in the theater school who did not see Phantom of the Opera. I'm a fan. Or Cats. Didn't see that either. Mm, not missing all much. of those 80s classics. Anyhow, this is a conversation about Neptune um, because it starts one place and, and ends veers up quickly somewhere, somewhere else. else. <laughs> um, but we are talking about the planet Neptune, um, which is, as we refer to it, one of the three mystics of the planets, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto, because they are those outer planets, sometimes also known as the transpersonal planets. Um, we like to refer to them as the mystics because they are those ones who tend to ha have more of a mystical energy. I even like the term mythics as well because I do think they really connect us and root us into our own personal mythology. The mythic deeply. mystics. Yeah. The mystic mythics. Oh, I like the mythic mystics. Well, there we go. Is that our next indie electro band name? Yeah, it's a really good one. The mythic mystics. But, you know, Neptune is that planet of imagination, intuition, and illusion. Mm -hmm. But really is the gatekeeper of our spirituality mm -hmm. and our spiritual sensibility. It is the ruler of the collective unconscious and our connection to that unconscious realm. It also is really the, uh, the way that you look to connect with God hmm. or the universe or spirit. But wherever Neptune shows up in your chart, it is how you are going about searching, pondering, seeking your existence and yeah. understanding it. It's the style in which you pray. Mm, I love that completely. Yeah. It can also be uh, how you check out how you escape. Oh, right. We should talk about that too, yeah? <laughs> that is a bit of the illusion part. She can sometimes uh, find delusion. When she illusion. rules altered states. Yeah, exactly. So maybe you're in a trance or maybe you're in a walking blackout. Right. It's all Neptune, honey. Well, I think that's, the, you know, we were talking about the dishwasher earlier, and I think that that's like the interesting thing about it, right? It's uh, like Neptune can rule like that area where you're like, I'm like... In, I'm in the zone and connected to spirit and I'm like having a conversation with God. Um, but then you're like, or maybe I'm just crazy. And I think that Neptune like is so interesting because it does rule that space, right? Where you're kind of moving through that. How do I stay connected, stay grounded on this earth plane while still like, finding a clear perception, a clear relationship with, you know, the divine and something outside of this material realm. And I actually really like the way that um, astrologer Rob Bresney, who are, you're familiar with Rob Bresney, right? Yeah. Obviously. He's insane and I love him. Yeah. Free Will Astrology, which is one of my, it was probably actually, I think like the first real astrology column that I like got super into. He's an Aquarius, right? Oh, is he? I, I don't know. I feel like he's probably a weirdo, yeah. but... Um, but yeah, he was based in San Francisco when I was there and it was like my goal. I was always constantly like, trying to meet Rob Bresney, but it never happened. Anyhow. Oh my he, God. Well, let's oh get him God. on the if show. We could get him on the show. That'd be dope. We can do it. All right. Anyhow. Um, 
uh, Rob, um, Mr. Bresney, <laughs> in his writings, he refers to Neptune as a dreaming force of dissolution. And he says about it, like the steady crash of waves on the rocky seashore, the transpersonal force of Neptune administers a shock of unity through gradual erosion. Unity, as the term is used here, infers an indivisibility in all things. The notion that all existence is unified by virtue of all things existing. Unity at the level of existence itself. And I just think that that is like so beautifully said that Neptune is the one who really can help pierce the veil beyond this existence so that we can recognize that we are all interconnected and that though alone on our path, we are all alone together. Mm. I'm just thinking about the Aquarius Pisces evolution Mm, mm -hmm. because Aquarius is the understanding that we're all in this together right Aquarius is like oh right we're like all a collective we're all a family Mm -hmm. but we're still in Aquarius we're still Saturn ruled there's still like some ego involved right (laughs) right and then you get into Pisces and it's like an experience of the unity and the boundary dissolves the ego dissolves yeah which is Sometimes really scary. Totally. I mean, that was the worst part of when I dropped acid many years ago. (laughs) Right. I wasn't ready. Yeah. I wasn't ready. Well, your relationship with Neptune was... Non-existent. Yeah. (laughs) Or it was existent, but just on the low vibe. Yeah, she was low. (laughs) But interestingly, it was coming down on from acid, the one and only time I ever did it. And it was such a bad trip. But then the sun rose and my friend Megan made us oatmeal and we sat on the front steps and we looked at this big tree I had in the front yard of where I was living and we like communed with that tree. And I think it was one of the first times that I really, I'd lived there for years, I really acknowledged that that tree had a spirit. And this was before any of my work with animism or working with spirits. So it was like Neptune opened something in me. I'm just having this realization now. And then at the end of that trip when I kind of came back and felt safe, there was that Neptunian quality that had been left behind. Just like what Rob was saying there, right? Mm-hmm. Like there is this erosion that happens, like this erosion of my ego that happened. And then what was left was this connection, like the the underlying nature of reality. I was like, oh, tree. Yeah. We're here together. Well, if you think about like doing drugs, drinking, all of that, on some level it it does either have some underlying intention of trying to well trying to escape but in order to to connect to some sort of like feeling good feeling at peace right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um there is i think too with a lot of drugs um this sense of trying to connect right to something deeper greater you know it's like the sort of age-old a cliched idea of like a stoner and being like, whoa, what is it all for? You know, like, yeah, let's just talk about like life, you know, and like, let's get deep. Like it was this opportunity, right? This like invitation to actually like have deep conversation and be, mm-hmm. you know, meaningful outside of your life. But then you sober up and you can't remember anything. No, exactly. Or you laugh it off and you're right. like, oh my God, well, I was so fucked up. Totally. But I do think that, you know, what Neptune is trying to do in those 
um, processes is say, this is a space that exists within you. Now, how do you get here without all the shit that's fucking up your body? Right. You know, how do you do that? Well, because drugs are a shortcut and shortcuts have consequences. Well, and if you think about the polarity of Pisces, who is, you know, the sign associated with Neptune, and Virgo, who is very much about like order and even I'd say on some level order within the body. Yeah, for sure. You know, that like you're like, I'm just going to fuck off Virgo and just go like full Pisces. And I think on some level that's where the body element comes in. Well, and that's where control of the body can also lead to ecstatic states. Mm -hmm. And a lot of yoga is built on that or Tantra or control over the body, control over the breath. I mean, these sorts of things can also promote like unity. Yeah. But they just require more work than just like popping something in your mouth. Yeah. Or sparking something up. So I think at its core, Neptune represents, you know, how you can find a connection to all of creation Mm -hmm. and to universal consciousness but also then how you can employ that connection in your material existence. You know, what areas can you apply it to? Mm-hmm. So if we even look to like Neptune placements, mm-hmm. you know, Neptune in a certain sign in a certain house, which we're going to do, you know, we're going to do it. We're going to take <laughs> Neptune through the houses. Yeah. But it's your Neptune sign that really describes how you work with faith, how you work with imagination mm-hmm. and your house that shows what area of life you can best do those things in, you know, mm. where you can really, I think, like best connect with divinity. And as we said in the beginning, where you go to pray, where you go to find God, it's through that area, through that house's vibe, through that house's work. You, oh, you do I that. love that. Oh my God, I love that. The house is where you go to find the goddess. Yeah. Not exclusively, but certainly no. the first door. Yeah. It's where you go and the sign is, you know, how you go about it. So just even thinking of that, what is your Neptune placement? She's in the 10th house. She's on my midheaven, essentially, in Capricorn. Oh, okay. She's pretty close to my moon as well. So how does that show up for you? Well... Capricorn Neptune is practical spirituality, right? So like I talk to the dishwasher because I need it to work. <laughs> like it's like a really totally uh but it's also, you know, Capricorn likes to organize things. So I like the organizational understanding of a spirituality. Like I like to have a cosmology. That's why a lot of the work I think I do spiritually is about like organizing different ideas and concepts and because I'm trying to create some sort of structure that allows it all to exist Mm -hmm. in a way that it actually works for me. Mm -hmm. And in the 10th house, it's like, well, oh yeah, this is like what I'm doing as my job. Yeah. (laughs) Like this is my career, you know, Um, is leading with spirit, you know? Mm -hmm. But I think it's interesting too, because my moon is close to Neptune. I think that is indicative of my leanings towards addiction. Oh yeah. Uh And so low vibe, you know, just like spending most of my twenties in a stoned out haze, pretending that I was on some sort of spiritual path. And then high vibe is sobering up and really having like the grit and the discipline and the diligence to pursue a spiritual path that 
is not in any way informed by illusion or delusion. One is interesting to me, just personally speaking for you, <laughs> you also were addicted to your career ambitions. Oh, that's so true, actually. And you sobered up to that first. Yeah, I guess that's true, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, astrology. <laughs> you really always know. Yeah, you're so right. I was like totally addicted to like the illusion of fame. Right. Which is like such a 10th house Neptune thing. Like thinking that was going to fix any of my issues. Mm-hmm. Well, it didn't, girl. <laughs> Let me tell you. No. Where's your Neptune, yo? My Neptune is in the seventh house in Sagittarius. Okay. So I was addicted to relationship. But really the like the philosophy of relationships, you know, like to... Um, well, and imaginary relationships. Oh, God, yeah. Well, that was really how it showed up for me initially. Like yeah. I was like creating relationships that weren't really there. And I was like literally in relationship with people for like two years. And then they'd be like, we're just friends. And I'd be like, oh, really? <laughs> God, I thought we were in love. Like you're not in love with me? Because I thought that's what this was, you know, even though we like never even kissed. I just thought that's this was a love affair. That's how it worked. Um, yeah, and I did that multiple times, I think. But I think what ultimately I had to do was like really come into communion with myself, you know? And I also think that I had to come at it from that Sagittarius angle because I have Scorpio ruling my seventh house. So I was just like, you know, all in, fast and furious. Like, I just feel it in my heart, you know, like just passionate. But I then had to like employ some like actual knowledge and experience, I think, through Sagittarius. And ultimately, once I really kind of created that kind of Sagittarian relationship with myself, I was like literally like going on trips on my own. Like I was just like, you know, really doing all of those kinds of things on top of, I think, having a, a relationship with the divine, with with spirituality, um, but in a in a more substantial way that I was then able to really call in the partner uh, that A, was a real partner and B, like, didn't feel like an obsession, you know? You're not obsessed with me? No. I'm sorry, do you want me to be obsessed yes, with you? Yes, of course I do. Why are you no. so obsessed with, with me? me? Um, yeah, no, I'm not obsessed with you, honey, but I love you. No, I think it's really interesting that <laughs> Neptune's in your seventh house and here you are like living in a spiritual partnership. Totally. And I think that is really like what's at the core of that, right? Is yeah. like, like whenever I see that now in a chart, I'm like, oh, you're meant to like be in spiritual partnership with people, you know, like you're meant to have that connection. You're just going to have to stumble through like a lot of obsession to get there know, and a lot of codependency well, <laughs> to so get there. <laughs> interesting because in this conversation, I'm really thinking that where someone has Neptune in their chart is also where they're most easily deluded. Uh, yeah. Like you, that realm of your life, like you probably are not seeing it clearly at mm -hmm. first. Like no, it's no, going to no. take you some work yeah, yeah. to get clear on that. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, child. Okay. So let's take her through the houses. Yes. So with Neptune in the first house, uh, the phrase is I connect with spirit through my personal expression. Say more about that. Well, I think that when you have Neptune in the first house, you ultimately are 
you know, looking for spirit, looking for some connection by literally just like your way of being, Mm. you know, and there is some desire, some need to identify through your spiritual self to to let your your spirituality your spiritual sensibility be a part of your identity how you present and self-identify exactly and don't you think that people with neptune in the first house also have to be careful that people don't project onto them oh for sure because they can they, easily absorb well because they carry that neptune energy in a place where everyone can see them mm-hmm. and so they just walk around as this like reflecting pool totally. you know and so people can really project I think there's a lot of famous people with Neptune in the first, oh, actually. Well, it's a very creative placement, too, I think. You know, it's like your identity is tied up in creativity, in imagination. Um, but yeah, I think then people can easily yeah, project their own desires, their own wants onto you. Um, I think there's also just a real ethereal quality because it is part of your rising, you know, how you come across. So there can be kind of that dreamy, dreamer, spacey Drugged out. (laughs) Yeah, you just seem that way. Sensitive, empathic. Mm -hmm. You know, I think you just kind of, all of that is like part of just your identity, how people see you. Yeah. What if you got Neptune in the second? Uh, Well, that phrase would be, I connect with spirit through my possessions. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> we know that second house rules our money, possessions, you know, sure. our, our values, what we place value on. So I think they do surround themselves with items, place themselves in environments that reflect like their deeper sense of self. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they may use their money and resources to p- support like their beliefs, their spiritual practices. Um, but they also might just give money away too or not, or, or be a little boundaryless mm-hmm. with it. Like that's part of their work, right? To really learn how to like have boundaries around that. But then we take that deeper and it's really ultimately about like having boundaries around like how you value yourself, mm. you know, creating the boundaries around that. And I think too then valuing spirituality, valuing your imagination, valuing your creative gifts, I think are very key for people with Neptune in the second. Yeah. So you find God in the physical, but you also can be most easily deluded there too. Yeah. I mean, you could be deluded around money, right? Like, sure, I'm just throwing it out. Like, here we go. And it's like, girl, you got 27 cents in your bank account. (laughs) Yeah. What are you doing? What about Neptune in the third? Uh, In the third, I connect with spirit through the mind. So, you know, in that highest form, it's a mentality um, that's fueled by by spirituality, Um, really having that spiritual, um, compassionate nature that's just intrinsic. Yeah, finding God in stories, finding Mm. God in questions. I like that. But yeah, I think too, there's also like the potential for real divine connection of ideas good download potential (laughs) oh for sure yeah can channel a lot of cool stuff if anything then it becomes about just like boundaries around their words how they use them and and the words they allow to affect them neptune in the fourth in the fourth i connect with spirit through my familial line Mm. so there can be a deep spiritual connection to the family um you know feeling as if they've perhaps been like divinely dropped into (laughs) the family that they were born you know born into um but also their ancestral lineage their culture their past their history all of that i think um there can be a really deep soulful connection there 
But I do think it is then seeking spirit through the home, right? Right. Creating a space that feels like comfort for the soul. Like Erica Jane with a chapel in your house. Oh my gosh. Well, she did. All right. All right. Sorry. There goes the chapel. <laughs> so if anything, we talk about the delusion that can be delusion, diluted around their family or yeah, the home they can perhaps afford to live in. Or just because you have a chapel in your house doesn't mean that you're spiritually connected. Oh, that's true. All right. But I spill the tea too soon. Who knows? <laughs> Neptune in the fifth? I connect with spirit through my playful imagination. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So I think there it's, you know, really trying to, um, yeah, have a deeper spiritual sensibility through your creativity, through your sense of play. Um, Finding God in children and small animals. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah, very sensitive to kids, can pick up on like kids' emotions really easily, um, can be good with them. But I think really creative and can get really lost in their creative processes. Yeah. Which is great, but also could be really dangerous. Yeah. One, it can also be like, that's where the delusion comes in. Exactly. Right? Of like, like you've this spent peace is brilliant. It's mine. I'm going to be here forever. 10 years working on something that's actually yeah. kind of dreck. A haiku. A haiku. <laughs> 10 years working on haiku. Oh my gosh. <sighs> that is so funny. That is very funny. All right, Neptune in the sixth. I connect with spirit through my daily practices. Okay, can I just share that I had a dream the other day, but it wasn't a dream. It was like that liminal space between waking and and oh, uh -huh. sleeping. Oh, yeah. And I heard that the sixth house is the door to outside. Oh. Isn't that like so that. interesting? Yeah. Because it is like the body and it is like your daily routine, but it also, like there was this idea of like the sixth house being this like vestibule and like there was a door and like it got you out of the house and like you got out into like the the backyard or nature of some kind i mean i just thought i'd share that so how does neptune experience that well i think it's finding god in the body mm -hmm. and i think it's finding god in what you do every day yeah so like this is somebody who like really needs the daily ritual Exactly. But the daily ritual may not be like anointing yourself with oils and like putting a white scarf over your head. It could be like going to the gym, you know, totally. but as long as it's spiritually connected, you know, if it's like just feeling your own heartbeat or. Right. But yeah, it's like feeling in your soul what's good for you on a daily basis. Totally. Um, and pursuing that. And probably too doing some sort of work that like supports your imagination, your creativity and that again, also feels like soulfully driven, you know, with Neptune yeah. in the sixth house and you're like working at a bank and you hate money and numbers, then like you're going to be pretty miserable. Yeah. Then you're going to use the low vibe Neptune and you're probably going to get drunk every night. True that. All right. Neptune in the seventh, I connect with spirit through my partnerships. So I already kind of talked all about that. You sure did. <laughs> so you can delude and be like, yes, you're my love. And they're not. Until ultimately you do really, I think, find that like spiritual partnership. And I think that's the real core thing of it. And it is about like approaching your closest one-on-one -on -one relationships from that spirit-based place. Right. Like, are you a soul partner? Totally. And not just your romantic relationships, exactly. as you're saying, like yeah. any intimate relationship that you find needs to be spiritually informed. Yeah. Yeah, otherwise you're like falling into codependency and giving yourself away too much and 
becoming super absorbed in someone else's life. And yeah. that ain't no fun. Total like sex and love addiction potentiality. Mm, it can there. be for sure. Neptune in the eighth, I connect with spirit through my shadow self. Ooh, bringing your darkness to the goddess and letting her love it. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Um, yeah, I think with Neptune in the eighth, like you can be a little less afraid of like what lurks in the dark, you know, but I think you have to gain that real spiritual sensibility in order to achieve that level because otherwise then you get lost in the dark mm-hmm. right and you just kind of want to stay there and you can get lost in your fears too i think with neptune in yeah. the eighth i think neptune in the eighth is also a very psychic placement mm-hmm. for sure and you can probably pick up on the shadows of other people as well there's like a potential to connect to the darkness uh-huh. and finding god in hidden nooks and crannies, Mm. which is really powerful, but simultaneously in seeking God in those hidden corners, you can get lost very easily. Well, yeah. And become attracted to more shadowy expressions of divinity. And I mean like sorcery, Mm -hmm. manipulation, and... I think people with Neptune in the 8th have to be careful because they have a power that if they're not in charge of could kind of get out of control. Totally. Like this is somebody who could be an amazing manipulator, cult leader if, you know, they're unhealed and unchecked. Yes, for sure. But can also be like a brilliant, like mythic storyteller. And a Um, rescuer. Well, I was going to say, yeah, like like a a, soul rescuer. A great therapist. Totally. (laughs) Like a, like a spiritual psychologist. All right. Neptune in the ninth is I connect with spirit through my quest for knowledge. So Neptune in the ninth is just someone who will like read all the books, who's like thirsty for spiritual experience, but also just like soulful experience. Like I think like they feel called and compelled to explore things, to follow a subject, and they just like go for it and can and can dive in deeply. And I think someone who's really interested in like philosophy, religion, yeah. you know, like what a you know, differences in culture, you know, really wants to kind of like see the unification that exists among all of those things. Yeah. They find God in knowledge and history and human achievement. Yeah. I think if anything, they have to be careful because it is so, it can be so mental that, you know, that's, they can get like kind of diluted in their beliefs. Right. Yeah. But I also think people with Neptune in the ninth can easily fall prey to like guruism. For sure. Either being the guru or also being like, oh, this person is going to take me to the yeah. place I need to get to. Yeah. And then they just get completely out of reality. Um, so I think it's best to just like kind of forge your own adventure. Seek it for yourself. Uh, with Neptune in the 10th, you talked about it, but I connect with spirit through my goals. Yeah, you find God in your work and you put in spirit to work. Mm-hmm, hmm But you're also very easily deluded there. Well, yeah, because I do think there is some sense of like, you know, feeling deemed at birth to like do something important, you know, like there's really something meaningful to accomplish in this lifetime. And the challenge then is, yeah, not to think that that means like, that only means like an Oscar, you know? Or a Pulitzer. Yeah. Or a Razzie. Or a Razzie. <laughs> or being Carol Radziwill's friend. Oh, my goddess. Any I, of those. I'd love to be like Carol Radziwill's yeah, friend. That'd feel like accomplishment. Uh, Neptune in the 11th, I connect with spirit through my communal experiences. So 
I think they can feel a really divine calling to help community and help humanity. Yeah. You know, there is that like humanitarian vibe that just comes so easily, right? Yeah. Well, they see God in people. Totally. I mean, what a beautiful placement, you know, to have Neptune in the 11th. Like you see God in groups, you see God in... In community connection. Yeah. Yeah. They want to feel part of like a movement, you know, that's larger than them. You know, like they understand, we already talked about that unification, right? So they understand the greater unification of things that like, oh, I'm not just like doing this to help like unify the world. I'm doing this to help unify like the soul of the world, you know? But you also have to be discerning about the groups that you give your power to because exactly. you could be deluded by those groups and you're like, oh, they're here to like save the world. And turns yeah. out they're just like there to like make a bunch of money. Yeah. You're like, oh, Nexium, they sound so great. Very Cosby's church. All right. Well, we don't want to get sued for defamation. What do you mean? I'm just repeating what I said on the show. <laughs> um, all right. And then with Neptune in the 12th, I connect with spirit through my dreams. And, you know, I mean, Neptune is at home in the 12th house. It has a really strong drive to connect with spirit there. I think there's a, an ability to establish a really pure connection with divinity with Neptune in the 12th house. And that can be used both in like the spiritual realm, but also like in the artistic creative realm too, because a strong imagination, um, you know, I think Neptune in the 12th is like, you know, potential for like a really beautiful filmmaker, photographer, you know, graphic artist, you know, because there's all that sort of like vision, visual imagery, you know, and how to connect to that. Um, and it's just so sensitive too to have Neptune in the 12th. Like you really just understand like the fragile nature of life and you can have empathy for everyone who um, is going through trouble. So if anything, it can be like a challenge to want to give yourself over to everyone in need. But you also might just want to be alone all the time. Yeah, there's like a deep well of spiritual compassion. Mm, yeah, that's well said. Again, it's super sensitive. So you have to be careful not to have no boundaries at all. Well, it's the boundaryless God in the boundaryless realm. Yeah. So I think the other tendency, if you have Neptune in the 12th, is to want to understand spirituality. Yeah. And it's not something you can understand. It's something you have to experience. Yeah. There may not be words. Somebody might say, like, tell me about your creative process. And you're like, uh, well, I <laughs> paint totally what I feel. <laughs> and that's what I do. Yeah. It's in the 12th house. Exactly. Um, yeah, definitely be careful not to get addicted to shit with Neptune in the 12th. Yeah, for sure. Neptune in the 12th house is definitely because you have that propensity towards boundarylessness, you might find yourself really attracted to things that just kind of obliterate you or that also numb you because you are so sensitive. Yeah. So I say, if anything, Neptune really is that connection to the divine and that reminder that we exist beyond this material plane, that everything has a spirit to it. Um, and I actually really love this quote from Rihanna, who is our Neptune, uh, diva. We yes. Have a, we have a diva solar system that we've created. <laughs> yeah. If you take chart and soul with us. Yes. Um, but Rihanna is our Neptune diva. She and is. she said, I think I'm like most people. We fear the unknown and the things that have yet to come to pass, which are the very things that don't deserve to be feared. When you give God complete control, 
it's very hard not to be fearless. And I think that's just like such a beautiful crystallization Ugh. of like Neptune and like what it's about. I have chills. Um, maybe we'll just share the like Rihanna Neptune playlist for folks just for everyone to enjoy. You know what? It's a really good one. In the spirit of Neptunian compassion, <laughs> let's do it. Yeah. Um, but anyhow, so that's all about Neptune. So hopefully you um, gained some Neptunium knowledge for you there. Yeah, and some insight into how to deepen your own spiritual practice mm-hmm. at a time when I think we could all benefit from reaching into some of those invisible worlds for support. For sure. And if y'all like our queer brand of astrology, you should seriously consider taking Chart and Soul, the magic of astrology with us. Oh, shoot, she's coming up. Two weeks from the day this podcast is released, March 11th, 11 weeks of astrological insight. Oh, wow, it's 11-11. 11-11. Look at that. Um, and here's the thing, y'all. General astrology has real limitations. Meaning like, oh yeah, Mercury's retrograde in Aquarius. Like you can get like a cursory understanding of that, but to really know how that's affecting you and your chart personally is where astrology becomes this really incredible tool. And so that's what Angel and I endeavor to do over these 11 weeks is teach you how to understand your own chart, not just as a birth chart, but as a map for where all the planets are going to be moving for the rest of your life. Yeah. One, to have a lot of fun in the process because life should be really fun. And so hopefully astrology helps to give you a greater sense of self-awareness, but to approach your life's path with a sense of adventure and play. A mythic mysticism. <laughs> That's you. So if you're curious, all the information's on our website. Yeah. We'd love to have you join us. And I think we should pull a card for the episode. Let's tarot card it up, queen. All right, so let's tune in and get ready to pull a card for this episode. So just take a moment, and so long as you're not driving your car or operating heavy machinery, close your eyes, tune inwards. Just prepare to receive the message that you need for this moment, trusting that it will resonate no matter the future place or time to which you listen to this episode. So the card that wants to speak to us today is the Nine of Swords reversed. Go on. So the Nine of Swords, it's not a card that anyone is happy to see, right? Like here's this person, they're sitting up in bed and they're kind of like being awoken from a nightmare. And there are these nine swords that are above them. Mm -hmm. But it's a really interesting card to be pulled having just spent some time talking about Neptune and delusion and illusion. Because the Nine of Swords really is a moment where you kind of graduate in your own relationship to your mind, and you understand that the things that keep you up at night, that you're freaking out about, aren't usually the things that come true. I call this the Drama Queen card. It's how we can be deluded by our own mind. I mean, it sounds like anxiety. Yeah, it is a card that I do relate to anxiety and sometimes depression as well. In the reversal, it can soften this energy. And the reversal also might mean that you're able to spot it before it shows up in a way that kind of consumes you completely. So the message with the Nine of Swords is that you don't have to believe everything that you think. 
And just because your mind serves it to you doesn't mean that you have to eat it. You can send it back to the kitchen and order something else. And because nines are graduations, they are leveling up, you're leveling up with your mind and you're creating a better, healthier relationship. It's perfect for a Mercury retrograde shadow in Aquarius because you are reevaluating your relationship with your mind, which is what Mercury rules with your mental capacity and your faculties. How are you actually interfacing with the thoughts that swirl in your inner landscape? And what I always like to remind people is if you look at the Nine of Swords, you can't actually see the tips of the swords. All you can see are the body of the sword, but you don't know what's on the tip. So I always imagine that like there's just like a bunch of kebabs, you know what I mean? Like it's really just like a, like a party, you know? Or there's like teddy bears on the end of those swords. Or like you don't know, like maybe there's no sharp edge at all, but you're staying awake, freaking out, worrying about something, and you can't even see all of it. So just sing yourself a lullaby and go back to bed. <laughs> well, thank you for that, honey. Yeah, my pleasure. Um, all right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We're always so grateful to have you. Uh, remember that you can always find out everything uh, that's going on in our world at our website, thespiritualgaze.com. Or you can find out more on Instagram at The Spiritual Gaze, Facebook at The Spiritual Gaze, or on Twitter at Spiritual Gaze. We're so grateful for all of you. It's always a pleasure to come into this space and to connect with you across space and time. Until next time, this has been your transit through the spiritual gaze. Spicy, it's gone forever. <laughs>